On this episode of The Blaze Talks, we sit down and talk with Cisco Sanchez, entrepreneur, part owner, and operator of La Imperial Taqueria. In this episode, we will talk about the start of La Imperial, where they are now, and where they see themselves in the future. On this talk, we also discuss Fresno's food scene, the stigmas that may hold us back as a region, and also some gyms around the valley. Cisco, please tell us more about your local food truck. It's a family business. Um we've uh it's incorporate it's made of uh mom and dad uh myself my second oldest brother my second to the youngest brother and the youngest we have other family members but they're not really involved in it like we are um but uh so it's it's all of us and then um uh, mom and dad kind of stay in the backgrounds they take care of all the backdoor stuff prep everything get it ready for us and then uh, the brothers are involved where we can uh, seasoning me, buying product, getting the food truck ready, going out and catering all these events that we have every weekend. And, um, you know, basically just talking to people, getting, you know, getting leads, people coming over to us. I'm the me personally, I'm the one that a lot of people contact. My number's out there. My information is out there. So everybody calls me. A lot of people call me. Where, where, where can I get uh, in touch with you if they were looking to find you? Well, there's several avenues you can get a hold of me. You can either check us out on Instagram, uh, LA underscore Imperial underscore Taqueria. You can find us there. Uh, there's also another, uh, you can go through Facebook, same thing, La Imperial Taqueria. And then uh, you can also give me a call. Uh, 559-316-9737. That's my personal cell phone number. Same thing. It's my personal cell and my business number. So you can get a hold of me through there. So so when did you guys uh, establish the business? When did you guys have the idea to go ahead and start the, the food truck? Well, the business itself started back in 2014, in November. Back then, I was working a full-time job. <clears throat> what were you doing at the time? I was a manager at a storage facility, self-storage facility, and that's what I was doing full-time. Um, and then out of, I I bought a, a small cart, you know, one of those carts you catch at the swap meet, you know, so you can cook your own stuff, it has warmers and everything, and I bought one so just to have it at the house and cook breakfast, do stuff with it, outdoor stuff. And then uh, my second oldest brother, Gustavo, he, uh, one time he told me, he goes, dude, let's just sell some tacos. I'm like, really? tacos it goes well let's get another make another source of income you know um and it was an idea and then so i took it with me and went back to work and uh one customer that liked to be friendly and talk to me all the time every time they would come in um she was like uh so any plans or anything and and it just occurred to me i'm gonna tell her what what we're planning on doing and i shared my thoughts with her and she was like i'll give you a shot i'm like you give me a shot he goes, how much you charge me? I'm mean, like, how many people? She goes, well, 50 people. So prior to this, we had another family member. Well, my cousin's mom, she did this in the Bay Area. So I already kind of had a sense. And I and we turned around and asked her, like, hey, how much meat should I bring for so many people? And how much do you charge over there? So she gave us some basic information, and we ran with it. So I gave the customer, my customer at the storage facility, I gave her a quote. And she said, okay, let's do it. So we used that first uh, taquisa that we did 
as our stepping stone to move forward and you know get better at it and slowly yeah, that's what happened we did the first event with that customer uh everything turned out great we learned a lot and then we used that and uh, we grabbed all the profit from it and reinvested it back into the business and we did that for like two years straight where we were just catering every weekend and all the money that would come in we would save it save it save it because the goal was let's move one step further and let's get a food truck mm -hmm. you know so we did that and uh it was crazy because when we started we're like how are we gonna get business you know how are we gonna do all this stuff so we just opened up social media pages you know when we started promoting ourselves starting ourselves uh getting ourselves out there we didn't know how to promote we didn't know none of this stuff. Everything was brand new to us. And uh, we were lucky enough to where we started um, co cooking and catering these events. Um, well, they're called taquisas. Mm -hmm. For those people that don't know what taquisas. that is, it's unlimited taco catering. That's what it is. We bring three types of meat. It comes with the dressings, two sides, rice and beans, salsas, everything. We bring cups, spoons, napkins, place for everything. We bring it. So you don't got to do, put anything. We bring everything. Um, so when we started doing that, we didn't know where we we're gonna get from uh, the customers from, but it, it spread quick because every single weekend for the first year we had an event every Saturday, just one, That's crazy. just one, and then the year ended and we were like, great, let's invest another. One. So then we bought a bigger cart, mm -hmm. you know, and they had does that exact same thing happen the next year. We were going one event every single weekend, and then we're like, eh, let's let's do another one. Let's book two events every wow. weekend. And so we did it, and it worked out for us. Mm -hmm. Then the next year, same thing. We bought a bigger cart. And so it became three carts, then four carts. And so every year we were, in, were building and getting more equipment. So that was great. Then two years later, like I said, since we started, we bought the food truck. And our first location was right there on Maple and Jensen. There's okay. a Cavalier Shell gas station. Uh, Jazz is the owner of the, the gas station. He gave us a shot. He let us set up there. I remember when we first started there, we're like, um, I remember the first time we made like 200 bucks. We thought we were, everything. we were, we were like, oh my God, imagine 200 bucks. Bought a, a bottle that night. Yeah, you, you Man, we could have done something like that. But you know what? It was one of those things where like, we thought we were on, we were cloud nine. You know, we made 200 bucks. Oh, imagine 200 bucks a day, seven days a week, 1400 bucks. Mm -hmm. Man, we're going to, this is going to be easy, you know. Um, but as time went by, you start realizing that that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not enough because then you have overhead and you have all these. Then you have, then we met the city, you know, then they want their cut. Mm -hmm. you know? They want this, mm -hmm. they want that. We want permits to pay this or pay that, you know. And then so that happened and um, then you got stuff breaking down in the food truck and then you got to put your money back into that mm -hmm. so really quick we realized that it's not as easy as it we thought it was gonna be you know but we kept on chugging we kept on working hard uh putting our resources together sacrificing here and there working in the food business is hard a lot hard. of it's time right a lot of it takes a lot the food business if you're gonna dedicate yourself to this can be lucrative but at the same time, it takes away from it takes a lot of your family time away. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what happened to us. We constantly go into family events here and there, and that completely got cut out. Once you start hiring, I mean, once people start hiring you for weekends, I mean, there's been times where we're booked a year, mm -hmm. a year and a half ahead. 
So I, I try to tell family, like, hey, if you're going to invite us, invite us six, seven months ahead. But we, we're not planning that, that you know, that, that ahead. So how can we do that? I'm like, well, then, then shoot, what can we do? You know, just let us know. And if we can make it, we'll make it. It has to be an understanding in a way, right? Yeah. With, with the family, like, might not be able to come this weekend, but when I'm free, you know, yeah. try to find time that way. Yeah. And, you know, family events are typically done on the weekend, so yeah. we miss out a lot. So for anybody that's out there that's trying or thinking about getting into the food industry, especially when it comes to food trucks and catering, um, I'm not saying it to discourage you, but I'm letting you know what the reality of this is. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss out on a lot. You're going to miss out on a lot. A lot of uh, family events, private events, stuff like that. So it's like most of uh, when we plan as a family, we plan stuff uh, like the immediate family that we're around it. We plan it. With, okay, we have uh, so-and-so weekend. We don't have an event that weekend. Okay, let's get together do something. So uh, what, what do you guys got planned for this holiday season then, if you, if I could ask you, uh, as a family? As a family? Well, we got plans for New Year's already. Okay. So that's for sure. Christmas is, is up in the air just because, it, you know what? It's crazy because you we work, we're together around each other so much because we're, we're a family thing and mm-hmm. we're, we see each other. We work with each other. So... When it comes to weekends and to have a party or a gathering, we kind of lose ourselves a little bit. Like, okay, what do we do? What do we do now that we're together? Like, we see each other. We, we, I know what my brother's family's doing. I know what he's doing. I know what his, his kid's going through. It's not like we have addition or new information to talk to right. each other about no, or right. to give each other. Like, we already know. It's not like you're going home with, to a co, uh, with co-workers and then you're coming home to your family. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, a, it's just a whole co- cohesive thing that you guys have, which I respect, dude. I think that's so awesome that you guys have, you know, the family to really depend on each other, you know, and hold each other accountable, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you, like we were talking about prior, you were saying that, you know, if you wanted a day off, you know, it, it, it's almost a hard thing because nobody really wants to take the day off because, you, you know, it, it's almost like uh, who's going to who's going to say I want the day off first, almost yes. in a sense, you know, Who, who's go, who's going to take that step. And it's funny because it's it's just it's like a it's like a Mexican culture thing. Like we are supposed to work hard all the time. Right. So if I step up and say, hey, guys, let's take uh, today Thursday off because I can see that my mom, my dad, my brothers, they all look a little bit burnt. You know, they're burnt out from working so much or doing this and doing that. Well, if I start asking questions like, hey, if I start asking for opinion, like, hey, what do you think? Well, oh, I, oh it's up to you guys. You know, <laughs> it's up to you guys. Or I ask somebody else, my dad, dad, let's, what, what do you think if we just take the day off today because... You look. You guys look tired. Oh, I'm not tired. I, go, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tell. It's just. I always tell my mom. My mom is the one that I always tell. Like, put her to the side. I'm right. Like, look, mom, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And she's, she's more like, pues tú diles. You tell them. You tell them. So let me let me ask you more about your family then. Um, let's let's talk about your parents' history. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, my my parents are from Mexico. Well, we're 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 the, I'm I'm Chicano. I was born here. My parents were born in Mexico. Uh, my mom was born in Zacatecas, uh, raised in Jalisco. My dad was born in Jalisco, raised in Jalisco, uh, from a small a small town called Islahuacán del Rio, Jalisco. And um, my my mom's uh, dad came to the U.S. under the Bracero program, and uh, eventually my mom came up to the U.S. Uh, as you like they say, a mojado, you know, they wow. cross the border, and. Um, my dad, uh, same thing. 
But my dad had been here prior. Not not as a bracero, you know, just illegally crossing the border, mm-hmm. going back. Uh, but he ended up uh, going up north with my mom. At the same time, they went together. And I guess they decided, you know, this is, we're going to make a life up there. So let's go together. And which they did. You know, very uh, traditional uh, story. They all crossed the border trying to get away from, you know, the migra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, crossed the border. My dad uh, ended up in Huron, a little small farm uh, town uh, south of here, about an hour. And then my mom ended up in San Jose. Wow. You know, where my grandpa was. That's amazing. And then, uh, I don't know, somebody somebody told my dad, you better go get her because uh, if, if not, somebody else is going to pick her up up there. <laughs> My dad didn't waste no time. A month later, went up there, asked for her hand in marriage, got married, brought her back to here, you know? Hey, once you hear that, you got you to gotta start going with your he, gut, man, you he know? He was on it. He was on it, man, because he's like, oh, you know, my dad was, you know, one of those things are gullible. He's like, oh, they told him that? Okay, screw this. I'm going to San Jose picking up my girl. And he brought her back, and we lived in uh, Huron for about five years in a small trailer. And then uh, my dad said, you know, I got I to gotta find a better life for my family, so... We're going to Fresno. Bought a house. Wow. For in the moment, he was uh, he was selling. He was working in the fields and also selling uh, at the swap meet. Back well, in the day, Sunnyside Driving. Okay. You know, he was I remember that. There. Yep. Yeah, and I remember a lot of things that I remember smells. I remember uh, sounds. I remember. I mean, it's very nostalgic when you drive by. You know, drive by the Sunnyside Driving. Mm-hmm. A lot of memories. You know, come back from back in the day when right. I used to go out and sell. So. And very, my dad would sell like uh, uh, baptism and uh, clothing. Okay. Stuff like that little small kid's clothing. And he made enough to buy himself a house or furnish it. For, uh, it's not it's not like you could do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. But back then, it just seemed so easy how he did it. But I know how hard he worked. And um, it's one of those things where I, I, we, we will always remember and we will always, you know, you know, think about it. And in a sense, we, I would say... Maybe we're not the hardest working people out there because a lot of people criticize, can, can criticize. I wouldn't say they won't criticize us, but they do criticize the fact that, oh, you're not like a traditional food truck that's out there every day. Right. Till like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, for what? Mm-hmm. For what? I mean, we go out at five o'clock and we close at nine. And uh, most people are like, well, you don't give me enough time to go see you. I go, well, I understand your, your part. But try to understand my part. As a food truck business, I got to take care of my my own. Mm-hmm. And I got to take care of my business, right? So, most food trucks are not in a very... Um, it, it's, it's sad to say, but we're not in very, like, uh, safe areas, you know? We're it's always working true. late. Yeah. And then I remember... I don't know if you remember, maybe about a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, you kept hearing a lot of these food trucks getting robbed. Mm-hmm. At gunpoint, yeah. some food trucks got shot at, you know? So, and when did that happen? In the later hours or early morning. Past 10. Past 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. It would happen. Right. So, I understand people want us to be out there. But I have to take care of it. And, I, and the way we see it is, during the winter, we're a family food truck. I'm not there to serve uh, everybody. I'm there to serve typically families. Mm-hmm. People show up. They order. Five to nine. That's the typical family time, right? Correct. Correct. So, we're there. Or they're from five to nine, and when people show up, they don't show up and order just one one mm-hmm. plate. They order for for wife, for themselves, for the kids, for grandma, for mm-hmm. grandpa. I can tell the order is big, mm-hmm. you know. So I see that, and those are typically the traditional hours for us. And I apologize to all those people that want us to be out there late, you know. Uh, and I just hope, you know, if you really like our food, you know, 
make it an effort one day to catch us on a day where it maybe works for you. And if it doesn't, uh, hopefully we might incorporate ourselves into events later that are so, uh, public events and you can right. come see us there. But it's uh, it's uh, we've been blessed to get a lot of very positive feedback in regards to our food and how we do things. Um, I'm not saying we're the best. But I'm definitely saying we're not the worst. No. no. Well, let me ask you this too. Uh, wh- wh- where does the recipes come from? Um, the flavoring and, and knowing how to flavor the food. Like, how do you guys know how to do that so well? It's it's one of those things where my mom learned how to cook by herself. Mm. Nobody ever taught her. You know, my grandma came to the U.S. with my grandpa early, so my mom stayed back in Mexico to watch over uh, her youngest siblings and some. You know, some of her uh, nieces and nephews stayed with her. So she became very responsible at a young age to take care of the household. Mom and dad weren't there, not to teach her. So mom had to learn learn on her own. And uh, coming up here, anytime we said, oh, let's do this, my mom would just look into it, taste stuff, tr- try it, trial and error, basically. It's amazing. You know? So it's not our, uh, our, his, our story is not going to be a traditional, oh, I got my recipes from my grandma. Or right. We got recipes from my grandpa. You know, it doesn't come down from generation to generation with us. With us, is more like, we know what we like. You found your flavoring. And we looked for the flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took, I would say at least it took us a year. Right. At least one full year to figure out what flavor we wanted to introduce to the, to the public. Mm-hmm. And we, we have a different flavor at the house that we prefer, mm. you know. And uh, I've been telling them, we should sell this to the public. I prefer this one over what we currently sell. And wow. um, she was like, but it just, it's a longer process. So it's not as an immediate like we normally do. In the truck, I season the meat. It's ready to go. And when we need it, we throw it on the plancha. And it cooks in about five minutes and ready to serve. Right. This other method takes about thirty to forty-five minutes to cook, and I personally feel like it's a different—it's a different flavor profile, a little bit better profile, but it just takes longer. So if right. I put it out there and it sells out, people are gonna have to wait you thirty, to wait. forty-five yeah. minutes for the next batch to come out. Yeah, and people cannot—people are not patient. That's They're right, especially when it comes patient. to food, though, right? Because yeah. they—they they think of a food truck as. Almost like a Starbucks where it's going to be automatic. When you go to the window, oh, that taco should be ready by the time I get done with my order. Yeah. And often, I mean, I don't I don't like going to a food truck when it's like really fast like that. Because then it's not, it's almost, they don't put that time and that effort into the food, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about when I go to your guys' food truck. You know, I, I might wait a, a good 10, 15, but I know my burrito is going to come nice and, and fat. I know my tacos are going to come nice and, and, and re- juicy, you know what I mean, the way I like it. Yeah, it's, everything's, uh, I mean, if if we were to sit down and dissect the whole uh, food truck industry, we could have another podcast just for that alone. Just because of the things that I've seen, things that I, I agree with, things I don't agree with, all this stuff that I see in the food truck scene, there's a lot of things behind it that... Um, I feel like we picked up and you're like, I would rather not be known for this or I'd rather not be known for that. So we stick to our guns and we just do what we do. Uh, I remember one time we got invited to uh, this event by Fresno Street Eats uh, downtown at the Tioga Sequoia. And um, I think uh, the organizer, Mike Oz, uh, had told me, hey, this is going to be a Yelp uh, crowd. It's going to be a bunch of Yelpers coming out to review your food. So try to do your best. I'm like, oh, perfect, you know, we're still kind of brand new. 
As a matter of fact, shout out to Fresno Street Eats and Mike Oz or Raymond Ortiz, all those guys involved down there because I remember when we first started, they found us right away. Mm-hmm. Right away they found us and they called us and they invited us over to an event um, and we did it and it was overwhelming, but at the same time it was a great eye-opener and it le- we learned a lot. But back to the story with the, with the Yelpers. So we went and we had a huge line. I mean, there was a bunch of people in line waiting for their food. We kept cooking and serving, cooking and serving. So if you're going to be a Yelper, Yelp, like the good stuff you like, right? Mm-hmm. No, we got a bunch of bad reviews because we took too long. That was it. There was no like, oh, the food was bad. or He goes, I cannot believe we waited 30 minutes for two tacos. You know, that was a kind of uh, uh, comments. And I was like, Yelp it can be a tool, but it can also ruin people mm-hmm. if you're the type of person that uh wants to go and see the reviews of a business or and those are the reviews and mm-hmm. you're gonna go based off that then yeah you can ruin a business very easily and that's not cool right so it's just one of those things where um we have received the criticism but it's typically just on our wait times but i'm not gonna serve you i'm not one of the things that i see a lot in the food business is they'll pre-cook the food take it with them and then flash, just reheat flash it flash cook it flash cook it yeah or reheat it and then serve it to you. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. The only thing that we get pre-done, it's the rice and the beans. You can't cook that right yeah, away in the right. food truck. So you pre-cook it. To and you can hold it. them. And you can hold them uh, well. Mm-hmm. as well. Like meat, sometimes you just if you don't hold it at the right temperature, then it's going to get bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't do it with the meat. But what I'm saying is I would rather not do right. it like that. Right. We would rather show up, cook on site, and then serve you based off of what we just cooked. Because then after a while, it just doesn't taste the same. It doesn't work the same. So it's just one of those things. But, you know, but if you're a food guy and you want to give us a shot, come on by. We're on Kings Canyon Tuesday through Friday. Maybe around the holidays, we're not going to be there as much because we do have a lot of private events that we cater for. I mean, we, man, we work for different people. I mean, I remember last year FedEx hired us. Man, they hired us for so many people. Wow. Man, I, I would say that. Just based off that, we, we that could have been somebody's salary for the whole year. Wow. Just working. They hired us for so much. They wanted breakfast burritos every weekend. They wanted taquizas in between the week for three, four weeks straight. But we're blessed when we get hired like that. But, I mean, we, we've done, we work for Lions downtown, uh, that big place that makes all the star, the mm-hmm. service for Starbucks, uh, you know, uh, hospitals. We're a Fresno Unified food vendor. Um, we work for car de- we do a lot of car dealerships. Toyota Clovis, shout outs to them. They hire us a lot. Um, you know, so we are all over the place when it comes to this. And and this is one of those things where you didn't think this was gonna this is where you would get. A lot of people think, oh, once you get into catering, you're only gonna do like quinceañeras yeah, yeah. or, or birthday parties, which is a big part of our business, but then when they start, when you start, you know, when you, you get city councilmen's calling you to cater for them, or you know, when they want you to do a political thing, or they want you to do uh, a radio thing, or right. you know, you you get in, you start stepping into places that you've never thought you would have. You meet people that it's like, what? I didn't know you. You look and, at this house. Like, and let me let me ask you this: um, at a at a teenage age, would you have thought maybe you would have been here with the food truck? Or with a family business and being successful as you you guys are, you know, is that was that a dream that maybe you had as a, as a younger? Nah, uh, it was not a dream. This is something we stumbled on, and it's like uh, I think very few people uh, get to do what they dream about. Maybe not a lot of us have a dream. Maybe a lot of us just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're when we were younger, and 
as soon as we could work, we started working. Because mm-hmm. so, back then, it, the dream wasn't like, oh, I want to be a doctor. You know, like, back then, it's like, I want to... I want to get a nice fresh whip. You yeah, know, I want to right. get some nice clothes. Yeah. Cause when you were when we were in elementary school, you, we had to do with what our parents gave us. Right. You know? I was rocking. And we saw other people wearing it. You know, that's what's so hard. Like I, I remember, it was a distinct memory. Just I would see kids with lugs. You know, the the shoe brand mm-hmm. lugs. I thought those were so fresh back in the days, and I wanted, but my dad couldn't afford them. So I had to go one step down to a Stacy Adams, you know. It's and still good now, it's though. Still, still it's good, still but good. Back then it was considered <laughs> oh one step down. Right. If I wanted some like uh, some K Swiss or I wanted some Adidas, I couldn't get those. Yeah. I had to get the like the, you know the bare brand from the Ramate and trying yeah. to make it, trying to rock it like if it was original, but you couldn't. Hey, less shoe shores for hey, me, shoes, right, man. man yeah. That's that was that was that, that. But to me, that taught me how to dress in, in a way too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? How to put things together. I don't know. That's that's what I think. But um. Let me ask you this too. Um, what, what, where, where did you guys um, from when you guys moved from north to Fresno? Where did you guys settle down at? What, what area? Oh, come on! Big shout out to Callaway. You know that's where we're from. Okay. I was raised in the area of Callaway, uh, southeast Fresno, Jensen, uh, Jensen and Cedar area. Went to Callaway Elementary, Sequoia Middle School, Roosevelt High School. You know, we did that. We did that whole that the whole cedar thing. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was our stomping grounds right there. And even to this day, mom and dad's still there. They're still over still, there. Still, still nice, over there. Dude. Still, still talk to friends. Still have friends and, and stuff out there. So uh, big shout out to that. And it was a it, it's a it's a area where it molded a lot of us. It's important area, I believe. Yeah. I believe a, it's important, and I think that seeing that they're starting to build out there too right now mm-hmm. is. Kind of, kind of a big deal, you know. Yeah. Shout um, out to Luis uh, Councilman Luis Chavez. He's doing a lot. He's putting a lot of money out there, trying to bring a lot of stuff out there, and uh, can't complain. You know, it's a, it's an area that was forgotten for a long time, and now it's starting to come up. You start seeing a lot of new construction, new business. Uh, the new Cambridge High School is going to be built over there on Ventura, um, which is bringing, uh, joining I think Cambridge and Jay Young together. And uh, providing a lot more poss- uh, opportunities for kids that maybe you don't have. Um, and a, a desire to go to college. But at least there's going to be some programs that are going to prepare you for something a little better than just going to a regular fast food restaurant. So nothing wrong with working in the fast food it's industry. True. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, like, you don't necessarily have to be like, well, where am I going to get a job? McDonald's, in and out what am I going to do? No, there's, there's probably going to show you how to work a forklift or work in the shipping department or something. Tra- train you with, with certain certain key things that you need to get into a maybe a warehouse to, to elevate your your position yeah. you know what i mean yeah and I'm a, I'm a big advocate that i think uh high schools need to bring it back where they used to have some sort of trade programs you know i remember when i first got to roosevelt high school they had a, like an auto shop department one year i was in there the second 10th grade it was gone Man. i was like why why would you take that away you Man, know sad dude. like let's put that back into high schools i remember duncan polytech they they have so much they have a trucking a diesel uh repair program wow my cousin graduated from there now he's working and he's doing something with it you know that's you amazing dude. not everybody has to be a doctor not yeah. everybody has to be a lawyer you know there's a lot of trade jobs out there that we need to teach people and so that can have a better life you know or I mean, entrepreneur as well you know mm-hmm. like like the same I, position that maybe maybe that could have uh, turned your mind into making this a bit uh, more of a uh more than an idea maybe that could have been your dream you know mm-hmm. what i mean if yeah. if that if that program was there for you yeah a big advocate of uh, showing people how regular life is after you graduate you know taxes 
It's amazing. Taxes, uh, responsibilities like that. You know, um, you know, if I if I want to be an entrepreneur, what do I have to look forward to? What am I gonna? What's gonna hit me in the face? You know, you, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know that I had to pay state tax. I didn't know that I had to pay. You know, back then, taxes is taxes. Mm-hmm. But now I know the difference between sales tax, income tax, <laughs> then permits, Perfect. and then yeah. you, know, you you want to carry an LLC, you got to pay this mm-hmm. much. You want you got to file this. You know, you got to do it. So, those are the type of things that I feel like. If they had a class available to students, I think a lot more, a lot of people would take, a lot of kids would take it and it would prepare them a lot better. You know, the general education is great, but I think there needs, as an elective, why random stuff, you know, just give yeah. them a class or, mm-hmm. you know, where you, they learn what it's going to be, what it's going to look like to be uh, a, 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 an adult, you know? Like, Very what do you got true. looking forward to? Home loans, you know, mortgages, uh, all this stuff. You know, school loans. School loans, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, finances, stuff like that. Like, I know that they, once you get to college, there's stuff like that. But some people don't don't are probably won't have the possibility or the desire to go to college. So let's prep them early. You know, let's get them through high school and then get them prepared but, for. But, the but that's so crazy to see that change from when you went there and then now seeing the change. Uh, I mean, it, it you're gonna see it's gonna be us that makes the difference for the the future. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then us, you molding us, molding our kids to to, to have that same kind of intellect to to want to change the future as well, man. I, I think it's a big thing here in Fresno that needs to to kind of switch. That way, they they don't think money's everything. You know, I, I think training, like you said, training and having uh, key um, skills. Mm-hmm. You know, skills to actually provide. I mean. I think that's what what needs to be the more focus here in Fresno. Uh, instead of the millions, like you said, the millions of dollars of becoming a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, you could still make good money being a forklift driver or be or a, a, what do you call those? Um, My dad was an electrician. Electrician, you know what I mean? There's there, and those are great jobs, but I think when we were growing up, I think those were looked down on for a while. You know what I mean? And I think now that we're coming into a new type of uh, living and new type of lifestyle here in t- the 2020s, you know, we, we got to have a, a, a switch like that for, for these kids, dude. Because it's, it's scary, man, seeing all the all the danger that they're in, you mm-hmm. know, every day. Like, I I know uh, I lived on the east side of Fresno too. I lived off of uh, uh, Chestnut and McKenzie Street, mm-hmm. right, not too far from where you guys used to yeah, uh, o- open up. Area. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I lived over there and. Living over there, dude, ha- had a mindset where you know you can't live, you can't be out past dark, you know, you can't be out past a, a late time. But I think if people were busy and people had things to do, you know, I think I think people people would understand. Like, man, I I have this to look forward to, you know, having that having those skills. I think people have that to look forward to in the future, and that's something that I wish I had too, you know. I, now that I'm older, dude, it's almost like it's harder to find a fucking uh, a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's harder to learn. I feel like in a way, it, it there's a retraction to that. I don't know. And maybe it's not. Let's see, let's look at it at this point of view. Maybe it's not the fact that you don't know or anything. It's just the lack of knowledge. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what's out there, what's out there for us. You know, so we don't know what to pick. What 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 road do we want to take to do? A certain job you know because let's say you look at the post guy he's mm-hmm. driving by how do i get that job and when you get to the point where am i going to look for a job 
you don't know. Mm-hmm. Some of these websites, they want you to create an account and then do this and then do that. It's not like before where you used to just sign an application and go drop it off and that's it. You're good. You know, yeah. you went for a call. Now mm-hmm. you got to do all these things and you build a resume. And to be honest, like sometimes I don't even feel they even look at a resume. They don't. And, you know, but that's yeah. the thing. Things are so different nowadays and people are lost in a sense. Like, how do I get to from point A to point B? It's the, 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 the drive between point A to point B is what people get lost in. You know, I want to make money working for somebody, which is fine, but I'm at stuck at point A. Mm-hmm. But how do I get to point B? You know, that's the thing. And I feel like a lot of people get lost in between because they don't know how to get there. But how do I apply? How do I, how do I go become, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, how do I go? For forklift driver or a manager at a big you know packing house. Right. Like, how do I get there? How do I how do I become uh, you know a, a mechanic? Mm-hmm. You know stuff like that. Everybody says, oh, it depends on who you know. That's great, who you know. But a lot of these kids are antisocial. Yeah. They don't want to talk to nobody. Well, so, it's yeah. all social media now. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole problem. Is we're blinded from that screen, dude. Like anything pr- past that screen, we. We don't associate it with with it anymore. Not like how we grew up, dude. Where we'd ride our bikes for hours, hours, dude. Like I used yeah. to, I used to love that. You know what I mean? And and that knowing that kids nowadays don't get that chance, dude. It, it hurts, dude. It hurts. It hurts me thinking that, man. You know that that that's why the society is the way it is. It's just it's uncomforting. Yeah, but things are gonna change. Things are gonna change. Just like things were different for our parents, things were different for us. Or, or this new generation has a different, and when they have kids, they're gonna see things different. Mm-hmm. So, it's we have to adjust, no matter what. And I mean, I, I I think I've done the mistake where I criticize the younger generation so much, to the, where I I lose them because they're like, oh, oh you're just a hater, mm-hmm. you know. So it's better just to kick back a little bit and kind of just watch them and learn and think back to your days when I was growing up. Because I'm 36 years old. Right. So back when I was you're, growing up, you know, we're about the same age. There you go. So back when I was growing up, like I said. Like you said, riding the bikes, and mm-hmm. you knew that it's time to go home once the, the street lights turned on. It's or you heard that home. whistle. Yeah. When you heard that whistle, it's ready to go. You got to be home right yeah. away. You know, we we used to hang out outside under the the, the street light, and that was that was a kickback spot. I remember walking out of the house and just uh, making the siren call, you know, from far from I the house. It. And when you used to, when you used to hit, hit hit your front door and go, you know, it's like if you heard a response, you know what the homie was, was right sitting there. outside yep. out there. So mm-hmm. I would go outside and try to meet him. So those back in the day, playing with little rocks, playing with uh, little toy cars in the dirt, you know, playing basketball on the street. Yeah, those are memories. Kids nowadays don't have the same one. Do you see that? Do you see that in uh, the this society where they're still playing outside? No, I mean you do see it. But you probably see it more in the kids that don't have the capability of having an iPad. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they would want one, but those some kids don't true. have one. So they their outlet is let's go outside, mm-hmm. let's go play outside, and you still see it, but you don't see it on like I'm just gonna talk about my kids. You know, they're stuck inside. They're watching, they're watching on the iPad. You know, they're watching other kids play games on their iPad. That's I'm like, crazy, hey, dude, uh, watch another kid that's play. That's crazy, dude. I was like, dude, come on, let's go outside, let's go play something. You're just watching another kid play a. a, a, a a, a game which you could be playing but no you would rather watch him play because I'm trying to find uh, what he's doing so that I could do it you know it's like but you spend your you gotta most- do it yourself man we, when we were growing up you, you didn't have you know you had to find those different things she you gotta find those that, you know yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the way it is nowadays and yeah. and either you either try to assimilate and maybe try to improve it for them or you could 
talk smack and you become a hater and they just kind of block you out eventually and you're like eh, whatever you know my daddy just talks crap all the time i don't want to deal with that <laughs> you know so then you kind of disconnect right so oh yeah you kind of try to try to assimilate and accept the fact that the new generation is new and we got we can't do nothing much about it other right. than support it and accept that there's change to come because well, things are going to that, get that's different. how you connect though right mm-hmm. like you have to you have to know that there's going to be that change and if you're not ready for that change you're going to be left behind left behind and that's exactly the, how you can put it in the food business if you're not willing to improve yourself or reinvent yourself you're going to get lost you're going to get lost and you're going to be just put in the back burner people think of you but it, oh yeah, I, I still know Imperialia. But if we reinvent ourselves and try to come up with new things, because people would love new things, man. Right. If I, if I go in my truck and you know, sometimes I feel inspired. I'll be like, you know what? Let's uh, let's grab my surf and turf burrito. And we're gonna make a, a plate out of it. That's one of my favorite burritos, by the way. Yeah. My surf and turf burrito is one of my favorites. Oh man, it's, <laughs> it became a popular item. And then next thing you know, I flipped it around and I put it on a plate because a customer asked for it. He goes, "Hey, can I get whatever's inside a surf and turf burrito, but put it on a plate because my girl doesn't want to eat the tortilla because you know some yeah. people don't want to eat the the, 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 carbs. the carbs and stuff like that." So <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, nope." So then I saw it. I go, "It looks like a little bit." So we just added more stuff, more everything, and then we kind of prepped it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then I presented it. People were like, oh, I want that plate. I want that plate. So people like new stuff all the time. Sometimes it becomes a hit. Sometimes they try it, and then mm-hmm. they come back for it again. Now, the same thing happened to the hot Cheeto burrito for us. You know, I, I saw I, there's a local vendor here that threw some shots at me saying that, um, you know, they were the originals. And I kind of wanted to say, no, my man, I... I saw this, like, I don't know if it was, like, cross-country or somewhere in L.A. L.A., that's Somebody, what I thought, too. That's where I f- saw it first was L.A. So I was like, well, I'm going to sell it here. Mm-hmm. And it became a staple now. I sell Hot Cheeto Burritos every day at the truck, no matter what day it is. I'm always going to be selling Hot Cheeto Burritos. So, or, um, or even you guys were doing the the, uh, the queso burrito where you would you would wrap the, the burrito in the cheese. Correct. I remember yeah. you guys did that for a while, too. Yeah, and we still do it. It's just one of those things that I don't promote anymore, like, as much as I do because I have my regulars. I already order it. Right. So I, it also gets lost in me, and I forget to promote it and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's also a thing. You know, it's a burrito wrapped in the cheese crust. Uh, uh, cheese crust. We put it on the grill. We put the burrito wrap so it. Fired. And it's one of those things that some people <laughs> just love, you know. Some people try to cheese crust everything. Like, can you put cheese crust on a taco? Can you put cheese crust on, on a torta? And I'm like, I could do whatever you want. <laughs> just got to pay a little extra. And people, yeah, and people yeah. are down for that. People are down for that. So it's one of those things where... Um, uh, we, we will never say no to any creative thought you have because if you bring it to us and we can do it for you, perfect. And if it hits, it'll be just added to the menu. Right. And it's uh, the, the perfect example was, I remember I saw this Tacos al Gobernador. They're, they're uh, shrimp, cheese, onion, and a jalapeno in a tortilla, right? With cheese. And you melt it and you sell it. Well, I try to do imitate that, but there was a lot of things that I had to carry to put in there. And one day I just said, screw it. I'm just going to use the shrimp that we have. Put in, put the cheese, and put chipotle sauce on it. That's it. That's all I'm gonna do. And then I had my cousin order it, and he liked it. So he started ordering it every time he would come. Then the customers after that heard it. Can I try it? Yeah, go ahead. They liked it. They ordered it. Then I be I put it on the menu, and now it's a thing that sells just like anything else. Constant. The, right. The shrimp, the shrimp queso tacos. Those are the one of the most popular items we have. And that, I would say, we brought it here, and then I started seeing other vendors sell mm-hmm. it. Just like any other vendor brings other stuff to the table, and they bring it to Fresno, and it looks pretty good. Of 
course I'm going to pick at it because it's a popular item. People ask me for it, I'm going to make it. But then you're also going to do it your own way, though. Yeah. You know, and put your own touch on it. Put my own touch, serve it the way I want to serve it. I remember one customer put it very nicely one time. He's like, look, the reason I like the way you guys serve your tacos is because the shrimp that you sell, it's nice and firm when you give it to Mm -hmm. me. Cook it right, too. A lot of places mm. give it to you like a mushy shrimp. And I didn't think about that before. Yeah, they don't cook it. They either cook it too let, not long enough, or they cook it too long where it's night, it's too it gets, firm. It, yeah. gets, it gets mushy when you cook it too long, mm-hmm. you know? So, they're like, we like it because it's nice and firm, and I like that. So, I never thought about it that way, but see, those, those are the things that when you as a customer bring it and you share your thoughts with us, it makes us think like, oh, right. that, that makes sense, you know? Right. Perfect. Yeah, it works for us. So, we always tell customers... Get, criticize all you want, you know, because we're just going to take it as a positive and then, you know, we're going to take that negative and turn it as a positive right. and make it better yeah. next time. So We've been talking about some high notes. Let, let, let's let's talk about some, maybe a low note, I, you know, with COVID-19 hit uh, the pandemic. Um, how did that affect uh, you guys and the food truck? Well, actually, it did not affect the food truck. It affected the catering. The catering aspect, we had a lot of cancellations. A lot of people canceled here and there, left and right. We didn't know what to do because we had deposits. We had a lot of people. Um, we were counting on that income. And when they come and they just cancel, you're like, oh, what am I going to do? When people give you the sob story, you know, this happened or that happened. So what about my deposit? So we came to a conclusion where we told the customer, we're not going to refund you the deposit, but we're going to hold it for a later date. So you can use it for another event, mm-hmm. but you know, can't take it from our pockets because they're already spent. We use it for other things, you know, here and there. So if you we refund all the money that we had, it was just gonna make us dig a hole for ourselves, and maybe it would have been like most businesses that shut down because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford it anymore. Right. But the food truck, it was it booming. Was, huh? It was booming nice. because it went from restaurants being shut down to what was the only option. Food now? truck. Food trucks. So mm-hmm. I remember. We had people coming over, and I felt bad because they were waiting between 45 minutes up to an hour for their food. And some people were like, well, I ain't got nothing else better to do, so I'll wait for the hour. Mm-hmm. But some people wouldn't wouldn't like to wait, and they would be upset. But what can I say? Yeah. Get on my yeah. side of the fence, and then you tell me mm-hmm. what you're going to feel. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was booming. The, the catering, the chocolate truck was booming, but the catering just flat out, just died out. Died out. Yeah. But... Uh, at the same sense, uh, did you see a difference between uh, after and uh, before? Like the business uh, after, did it increase? Did it decrease? Or when things got when things started to was when things started changing back to normal, then the catering picked up again. But we noticed there was a lot more cash flow in the system. A lot more people were spending mm-hmm. money. They weren't caring how much you would charge them. The food truck went back down. Right. You know, went back down. A lot of people, as restaurants opened up back again, then a lot of people stopped buying at food trucks and going to the dining mm-hmm. areas and stuff. So we, it, it kind of evens out no matter what. Of course, we make more money through catering, but the truck was a lot busier. So it kind of made up a little bit for the loss. And then when things got back to normal, started getting back to normal, then the food truck business went back down. But then our catering picked back up. So I, can't complain because we either or we were kind of working. I mean, at the, as a business owner, you kind of just stress out about everything. You don't know when, right. what today's going to look like <laughs> as a business. Am I going to make enough to cover overhead? Am I going to make enough to pay for this or pay for that? Am I going to break even or am I going to be in a hole? Right. 
and there's a day that surprised you. You're like, man, today was great. I didn't expect for it to be this busy or this this popping, you know. So it's just one of those things where it's like, as a business owner, there's always going to be stress. The stress levels through the roof. If you can't handle stress, don't jump into mm-hmm. it. If you can handle it, and you're a risk taker, go for it, man. Because the rewards sometimes are better than you think, and sometimes it'll uh, it'll surprise you. So you know how you how you said that you started off. Um Doing the taquizas, did you find a lot of more customers coming from those type of events? Well, most of our business is a referral. Referral or people find us at events, you know. So that's basically all most of our business. Because you meet, you, meet, you meet all kinds of people from all walks of life when you go cater these events. And then you're like, I didn't know I was going to bump into, uh, you know, the chief of police. I didn't know I was going to bump into a city council member. I didn't know I was going to bump into this doctor. You know, you don't, you meet people and you can use it to your advantage or you can just say, thank God that I met this person and they, they they can either share simple words of advice or they can open up their whole like uh, contact list to a whole new set of customers. Right. You know, you never know what you're going to bump into when you go to these events. Um, And, uh, but um, I can't complain. We've been, we've been very blessed with the feedback that we've received from customers and like i said most of our most of our business is from referral we get we go to an event we'll meet somebody they'll take our business card and then they'll call us mm-hmm. they'll call us for other events i mean it's sad we go to a lot of funerals we cater a lot of funerals a lot of uh we do quinceañeras, sweet sixteen. Well, like weddings. I told you, yeah, you did our wedding five years. I told you five years ago, and that was an amazing experience. I appreciate. Um, it. And I'll tell you this right now: that's what mostly everybody talks about is the food, man, and just how amazing that food was. And it was, I'll tell you this: um, that day was a crazy day. I don't know if you remember, but it was a rainy day, and you guys still showed up. You guys still did your guys' thing, man, and it, it was just incredible, man. Just knowing that you guys even drove out of town to to come cater for us and do that for us. I, I think, you know, seeing that you guys are doing that for people and going out of out of the out of the way for your you know your customers, I think that go it, it shows that not only the quality in the food but the quality of the service too, you know? I think I think it goes a long way, dude. And well it, it's it's it go, it's it's part of the the base pretty much of our how we do business. It's just if, if I'm going to ask you for a deposit and you're going to pay me up front, then no matter what, I'm going to go cater your event because you're, it's like, it's like, it's not, I'm just not, I'm not a pizza company where, you know, you can order pizza for me or from the next guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things where if I, if I come short, if I don't cater your event, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to buy what KFC or something on the spot. Yeah. And that's not going to be the best. It's, it's going to be a horrible be, yeah. experience. So, if you trust me with your business, I need to show up. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm dead, I'm showing up. You know, I'm showing up. And if I'm not showing up, I'm going to send somebody to go do that job. So we, we, it's very important to us. It's very, I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of calls from people who are like, hey, I know it's short notice, but can you hook me up? Can you like cater for me? Because so and so didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And they gave me the business name, and I'm like, oh man, that sucks. You hear know, it too I many can. times. So. I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot. And it sucks because, uh, and that's why I tell customers, I go, I ask for a deposit for the same reason. You know, I want to make sure you're on it 100% mm-hmm. just like me. Because if you don't want to leave a deposit, I mean, you can be wishy-washy. And then later on, just wash your hands from a responsibility. Now, right. I had a customer not too long ago that uh, put a deposit down and I was trying to get in touch with her because she never gave me an address. 
And uh, I tried calling her, calling her, calling her. She wouldn't answer. I sent her message to social media, nothing. Nothing. Like, literally, like, this person just disappeared out of nowhere. And she put money on the line. She put money on the line, but she would not answer nothing. I'm like, that's strange. I I even worry because if I go... If I don't show up and cater, I can be in trouble. Somebody mm-hmm. can sue me for not, you know, completing my services. And I was stressing out. And I was stressing out, which I shouldn't have been because, I mean, it's not my fault. Right. I'm trying to reach this person. <laughs> I'm trying over and over, and they're not responding. So, yeah, the day came and went. Nothing. They, well, 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 the pause is gone. And, nothing, and not, she never called or never nothing? Called, back. nothing. It's just, well, you, you get those from time to time. Yeah. You have people that, that verbally say, oh, I want to do it with you, and then... You wait and nothing happens, and I'm over here holding the date, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "Really? I got other people that are interested, and you just pretty much held me from future Hostage. business, yeah, because I was holding, waiting for you." So that's one of those things where it's like, uh, uh, if if you want somebody like myself to be committed, then we need to show you need to show us you're committed as mm-hmm. well, and if we both show the same mutual interest, then it's going to be a great event. And definitely, I mean, uh, I think. The experience, too, that you guys brought, you know, uh, just the smell of that fresh taco smell. And also, you guys had all the the um, the jugs of juice that you guys bring out, too. I thought I thought that was a great, great touch as well to to the to the uh, all, And it, it's all it all has fr- it all has real fruit in it. So real fruit. A lot of people, I think, might just show up with this powder. Right. And then serve it. To I you. didn't know that. It was and real fruit. Real fruit. We always make it a point. All of our juices wow. are gonna have real fruit. So you're you're gonna have if you order watermelon, it's gonna have blended watermelon in it. Of course, we add a little bit of sugar to make it sweeter, mm-hmm. um, and then it's gonna have chunks of uh, diced um, watermelon in it. So you can have a sense of like, okay, I'm having the consistency of the fruit, and I have the flavor wow. in it as well. A lot of people are like. I didn't know it was going to taste like that. Me neither. I didn't know it was going to taste that good. I'm like, well, it's because it's real fruit. It's not just powder. It's real fruit. And uh, a lot of people, like, for example, one one specific drink that I personally uh, would criticize and didn't care for, and it's because when I was growing up, I tried the, the Humex, remember? The, the oh, one, yeah. That yeah. came in the can? Mm-hmm. Well, I tried mango, and it was horrible. I was like, oh, I don't like it. I don't not like yeah. it. We started making um, mango drink uh, a drink for events, and one day I was like, oh, "I'm thirsty. I'm gonna try it." I tried it, it and I I it wasn't did. making it. My parents were making it, and I tried. It. I was like, "Dude, this is fire! Like, <laughs> it's totally different from the the actual like fruit drink that you drink from the store. Right. It's different. It's different. Same thing with pineapple. And you different. know, and you know what's in in the juices too. I think that's what's great. You know, mm-hmm. like you know the ingredients what you're putting into the juice. Yeah. And you know, it's simple. A lot of people are like, what do you do? What do you put in that drink? This and this. Really? That's it. That's it. And I mean, why complicate your life? And, and you make and you guys make it so easy, dude. You guys have it all there. Like you said, you bring the the, the plates, you bring the napkins, bring the everything, and. I just got to say that was one of the best experiences that I think anybody at my wedding always talks about is is the is the catering, dude. Oh man, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that because it's just one of those th- things where uh, uh, who somebody told me goes, uh, they we 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 have uh, different people that help us, you know, to to, to cater on the weekends, um, and then uh, I guess they heard it so many times, and, and not to toot my own horn or anything. It's just one of those things where it's just it's a fact, and, and we hear it a lot. And people are like, "Oh, this is great! Your tacos are the best." Blah, blah, blah. And they told me, "Goes, aren't you tired of just hearing that all the time?" I go, "No. It's just it's one of those things where you question yourself sometimes in the middle of the week, 
Like, well, you know, maybe the sales in the food truck, they're not great certain day or two days or three days in a row. And you're like, you question yourself like, hey, am I doing something wrong? Is something not right or what's going on? And then you go do an event. For example, this past sa- the this past Saturday, I went to go cater an event up there in, uh, by Table Mountain Casino. Uh, so we, we get there. It's starting to get windy. You know it's going to rain. So we're starting to prep and everything. And um, the guys are like already trying to offer us a beer. And, you know, they're all hyped. You know, <laughs> okay, my God. You know, so we start serving. We start cooking. And then they start smelling it. And they are, they're already all into it. Like, oh, my God, this is great. Some guy told his buddy, he goes, dude, I think this is the best we've ever had at this house. Um, and they haven't even tried the food yet. So we get to the point where they eat, they enjoy it, they come back towards the end, and you're like, dude, no lie. We, I've, it goes, I don't know where they worked at. The one gentleman said, I worked in the Southeast area for the past 15 years, and this is the best tacos that I've had in those 15 years. I go, well, that's a big compliment, bro. I appreciate it. And we hear that from time to time. A lot of people say, that they, oh, they're just great tacos. We love them. And then, but when we hear specific things like that, where they put you on top of the list, right? When there's a lot of great vendors out there, man, I'm gonna, you know, shout out Primo Mayor. They're top dogs. I consider them top dogs because they've been around since what, I think 1997, wow. for years, that over long. 20 I didn't know years. That long, yeah, man. they've been around for a long time, and they're doing it. I mean, there's uh, Levante, man. Mm. I, you know, they they have some great food also. So, I mean, there's uh, different vendors out there that deserve a lot of uh, credit. For what they bring to the table, and they put Fresno on the map, and that's that's what it's all about. You know, competition is welcome all the time. If you're a vendor out there and you think you have some bomb tacos, put it out there. Let me go taste it. I'm gonna try to up one up you mm-hmm. eventually because that's the way it's supposed to be. You're gonna I'm gonna one up you one day. You're gonna come taste my stuff, and then you're gonna wanna up one up me. And all we're gonna do is just elevate that right. and make it a lot better. And then we need to be known as it is. There, I mean. There's a lot of people in Fresno that are saying, "Oh, we were the Fresno, we're the taco capital of the world." Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's use that and run with it. Right. You know, LA is a big it's a big area, but it has a lot of. Um, I mean, I'm, and I'm not here to say I'm gonna talk smack about LA, but I've been to LA. Mm-hmm. The flavor profile is very similar across the board. You know, it's different too. It's it's different, and is the flavor profile similar across the board? Because I've tried different vendors here and there, and they all seem to have like the same flavor mm-hmm. profile. You know, prove me wrong. Tell me where to go. You know, if I do, if I haven't tried a certain spot that's bomb, then tell me where to go. I'm not here. I hate on LA. LA is a, LA is one of the biggest areas in in the country and a big Hispanic population. And I'm pretty sure they have some great spots. It's just I maybe I've been referred to the wrong places or not. But the thing is, LA is a big area, and they have. I mean, every what I've noticed is that every vendor. On social media has 30, 40,000 followers. Right. I'm like, man, they got a lot. Right. But it's because it's what? There's over six, seven million people yeah. in the area. Mm-hmm. So in Fresno, we got half a mil. One mil probably once you put all everybody together, Clovis, all these areas around. You know, so this is one of those things where it's like, let's elevate it. We're a smaller city, but we're strong as a whole. And let's put it out there. Let's let's one up each other and uh, try to try to make a better product. And I, and I saw that you, you also competed in the taco truck throwdown at what t- point, right? <clears throat> Two years in a row. <clears throat> how, how, how did you like that experience? Um, I, have my, I have my thoughts about the process, but as an experience itself, uh, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. A bunch of people having a great time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and trying different tacos. And, I mean, we the first year we participated, the first year we were rookies at this. 
Um, we the first year we participated, uh, we came in third with the judges, and then with the crowd we didn't place. Mm-hmm. And then the year after that, we participated again, and and then we placed second with the crowd, and um, we didn't place with the judges. So it's always different. So yeah. I I have my own thoughts on how things supposed uh, how things should be judged and stuff. But it's a little political. It, it could some... be political, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that. You know, it, the or the event itself is still a great event. Right. And it's organized by great people, and I think if you put anybody together in a room, they're always going to have different opinions yeah. and thoughts. So yeah. That's I have my opinions and thoughts, but there's no reason to share them because I have nothing to do with the event. Exactly. And they invite us. Uh, we would have participated the years after that, but. Uh, I think uh, the organization, the way they do things is they, they, I think they try to book the artists first because I think it's a lot harder for them, you know, to book things to make uh, the show work that by the time that they got to us and be like, hey, we have a date for you guys for the Taco Throwdown. And I'm like, oh, like crap, you said I'm earlier, seven months ahead. You got to yeah, let me know seven months ahead. Yeah. And that's been the, the same dilemma every year. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm already booked. And they, they were like, oh, really? Yeah. Or then the next year, hey, uh, I have a date for you guys. When is it? This date. Oh, really? I already have a book. Mm. And, it's, and it's always been like that. And yeah. it's because we get booked ahead so far. Um, I, I even told them, I go, if you can let me know at least one year in advance, it'll be better. But I think it's harder for them to try to book something that far out. Right. They're working on the, 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 the talent that they're going to book for the day. And I understand. But... It, you know, it's a great event. I think a lot of people go out there and, and they have a great time. It's a good time and it's downtown. So it brings a lot of uh, uh, awareness to downtown. And I applaud it. And I can I would like for them to continue doing it year after year after year. Hopefully one day it works for us and we can go back there and compete with these guys. And, you know, maybe we might win a trophy here and there. But uh, I think it's incredible to hear, like you even said, just the competition that you're, you're willing to go ahead and go to competition with some of these food trucks and... I think that's what, what food and, and just culinary needs to be about sometimes. Not necessarily, like you said, L.A. I think it's they have so many of them that it's almost like you could just put out any product and somebody will come buy a taco from you. But here in Fresno, you almost have to have a scheme of how to how to get your taco sales. You know you, what I mean? You 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 hit it right in the head on that one. You hit it right <laughs> in the head on that one. I think you you said it perfectly. There's so many people in LA that you can offer a product and most likely it's gonna be a hit or it's gonna work out for the vendor. And in Fresno we're such a smaller market that if you're gonna put something out, it better be some good stuff mm-hmm. because people can turn around and just go to the next guy. Because he sells a better product. And it's not like, and then every driver on Fresno is not going to be no more than 20 minutes. Right. And in LA, just to get on the freeway. 30, to go, 40, man. Well, it would be a five minute drive <laughs> yeah. to a 30 minute drive. So you got to go to basically your, your local, local vendor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the thing. Fresno, we're, we're so commute. We have so much uh, uh, avenues to get to one place or another that it's easier for us to say, I'm not going to go to my local food truck down the street. I want to go to the one that's across the street because that one's good. You know, the, you know, or the thing what they say, you know, people in Fresno are like, oh, if there's anything north of Shaw, it's oh, not going to yeah. be great. Yeah. So, and a lot it's of very true, man. I'm, yeah. I hate to say that. Like, once you go past Shaw, it's, you don't really get anything good around here. So, I'm, I'm usually down where you guys are looking for Mexican food. Yeah, you know? everybody goes on Southeast or the East Side. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they all go out there for food trucks. And, and it's great. That's cool. I, I, I stick to that side of town. Mm-hmm. It's great for us. You know, if people go come from up north, come down south. To, to get food, but a lot of people do tell us, why don't you come up north? Open up a shop over here. Open up a shop in Clovis. And it's like, yeah, it, it sounds like a good idea, but right. I'm also, 
looking to get the criticism from people. Well, once you go up north, well, you're not that great anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's true. And it's you're, like, you're now you're washed up in a way. Yeah, I hear, I hear you. So, uh, let me let me ask you this now. Uh, we we talked about the 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 start of the food truck. Uh, you know where you guys are at now. Let me ask you what 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 you guys is planning in the future, like. You know, we got 2023 coming up. You know, we're close to the to the edge of uh, the new year. So, what what is your guys' plans for the next maybe two, three, five years? What do you guys see yourselves going at? Well, I mean, the ultimate goal is to, of course, um, the way I see it is, as a family, we're not greedy. We don't want to like be a, a franchise or anything of that sort. What we do want, or the way I see things, is. Uh, as long as I could open up a restaurant, a taqueria, for each and every one of my brothers, just for it to be run by them, you know, I think it'll be uh, good income, you know. It'll give you the opportunity to do things you want to do in life that most people want to. And I think that's the goal. The goal is to, the final, the end game is to get to the point where everybody has their own restaurant. Wow. You know? And that's it. I'm not trying to get greedy. I'll leave that up to the next generation. If we get to the point mm-hmm. of uh, opening up several locations and them being successful i'll leave it up to the next generation what they want to do with it but in my lifetime i just want to be i just want to see something grow to where it supports me and my family and it gives us opportunities to do things that we never dreamed of per se you know have a nice house have a nice car Mm -hmm. live life uh, without a lot of uh worrisome of where your next meal is going to come from how are you going to pay your cell phone bill next month stuff like that mm-hmm. that's that's the fine that's the end game but in the meantime then for the next few years we're just looking if there's a if there's a landlord out there that uh wants a uh wants a, a tenant that uh that can uh, work hard and uh, offer a great product then we're here mm-hmm. i mean uh, i know that a lot of stuff that we've uh accomplished we have stumbled across you know people mm-hmm. people would guide oh talk to this guy or talk to that guy or we stumbled across this guy who sold this you know and that's how we were able to buy it you know stuff like that so it's uh i don't think we're out there looking for it all that much but we are we're hoping that maybe we'll stumble across somebody that's a landlord or somebody that can um, work with us in order to open up a a, a shop if, you know? if, if you were to open up a shop say you know your dream spot or wherever you would like. Where, where where would you like to open up that, you know, brick and mortar? Well, there's nothing nothing better than home. You know, my home is Southeast Fresno. Nothing better than to be down there and serve my community, and put back into my community. But uh, anywhere, bro, anywhere, anywhere that they once uh, if a door opens, walk through it. Right. Don't leave it open just mm-hmm. because there's worries. There are worries that you have. I mean, like I'm loyal to my soil, but if I if I need to go to Clovis to make my life happen, I'll bring my my my, my taste buds, my culture, my my feel, my swag. I'll bring it up to Clovis. You make it home. Make it home. Mm-hmm. You know, North Fresno. I'll bring it to Fresno. I love Fresno. I love Clovis. It's all Central Valley love here. So right. whatever, whatever, wherever we need to go, we'll go. But like I said, home is home, I and mean, if I could do it at home, I'm gonna do it at home. But if uh, the opportunity presents itself in Clovis, or, you know, Dara, wherever, I'm going because the end game is my family and uh, to be in a better situation. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. And uh, Fresno is my second family. So if they embrace me, Clovis, if they embrace me, I'm going. Right. And I invite everybody to come and follow us and support. Like, let's let's forget about all this hater stuff. 
you know, don't hate on Clovis, don't mm-hmm. hate on North Fresno, don't hate on anything around, uh, any any location around, because at the end of the day, we're all people, and we all have the same taste buds. So why you think, yeah. just because you live in Clovis doesn't mean you don't know what a good taco tastes That's like. real. You know? A real. Lot, a, when I was, the thing is, uh, I went to Roosevelt High School, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of people that I know from my class that graduated, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, and they have their own businesses. And a lot of them live now in Clovis, mm-hmm. and they live in North Fresno. So it's not that that they change you. No, you move up because you want a better lifestyle. If I can get the better lifestyle at home, I would stay home. But people mm-hmm. always look for the better lifestyle, you know. You know, so it's like uh, they moved up and they come down. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it, it's to me the same thing. It's just like like you. If if I live in South Inferno, does that mean I can't go up north to go shopping? Right. You know, no, right. it works both ways. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Whatever, whoever embraces me, I'm gonna and, go. and that's what it is too. The embracement of both, mm-hmm. I, I think, cultures, uh, and that, like you said, it almost splits that shot. And I think that identity does need to be broken. Oh, you know, get rid of it. Can you get rid of it? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I remember uh, when I was uh, barely in the food business. A lot of people were talking smack about Clovis and organizing stuff out there. Now I see stuff being organized out there by mm-hmm. the same people that are organizing now. Like what? Really? It's, a, just it's like, about getting to the to the masses. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Where where are the people at? That's what it's about. Is how can I get to my food to these people? How could you know the, the or even the vice versa? How can the people get to my food? Yeah, you know, and that's something that we have to really work on here in in the yeah, in the yeah. Central Valley or in, the, in in Fresno alone. Yeah, just get rid of that idea. There's a there's an idea that we cannot coexist. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go to an event where it's probably being catered by, I mean, the, the owner's probably white, right? He's white, but he's right away very accommodating, very warm and embracing. They're trying to give me tequila. I'm like, well, are we going to call it a racist thing, you know, tequila? No, it's like, I understand what what certain races drink, and I, I, I'm known for what? Well, Mexicans are known for what? Tequila, right? Right. Okay, so modelos and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Just like this gentleman who went to a taquisa, and he was like, um, I think my brother said, I like whiskey. He goes, you sure you're not redneck? You sure you're not redneck? Because rednecks like whiskey. I love it's that. It's one of those things where like, you know what? They were so warming and accommodating, so it's like, don't judge. Just live normal because mm-hmm. yeah you might have your in every culture there's racist people there's bad people in every culture but that doesn't mean everybody is the same way me personally like we go to events all the time Punjabis white wow. black people Mexicans Asians like uh, we've been to every single household and you can always find uh, similarities and you're always going to find differences but those differences are what keeps keep us as um, uh curious and interested in other races you know if we were all the same it would be boring and and it must be fun too also to be able to share your culture Mm -hmm. you know what i mean be proud of your culture and like the food alone you know letting people understand what some of the flavors are and whatever it is that you guys are are giving the experience to you know it's almost like this is who i am i'm giving you my best that's what what i'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. and sometimes we walk away with another culture we uh, we have this Filipino family that hires us quite often, at least once a year. And every time we go, we walk away with Filipino food all the time. Just like we leave food behind, they give us they give us containers of food to take home. And that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's amazing. Like, it's just like, wow, look at the flavor profile that they have. Like, it's so different, yet we all love it. We all love it. So it's like, I can't complain. I like I like what we do because we get to meet a lot of new people, experience a lot of new things. Uh, see new places 
and uh, it opens up your mind to the world because growing up in the hood it just it was very narrow mm-hmm. oh you 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 only saw either homies getting locked up getting in trouble getting high doing this doing that a bunch of negatives mm-hmm. very few positives and then once you get out of that shell and you open it up and you see the world and it just becomes a whole new perspective it's like it's not what i thought it would be i it, it opened up my mind to like i don't have to stay here i don't have to uh, uh, uh settle for a lifestyle that i thought i was going to get like right. i can go shoot for something else mm-hmm. better myself and then bring some people with you bring your family with you it's the, the dream right there dude yeah so yeah. don't don't as a mexican i think we're the number one thing is we're haters because we hate on the next true. homie. We hate on the next person that's doing something good. And we need to get rid of that. Because I think that's a, that's a toxic trait that we have. And we need to get rid of it. Because we need to be, applaud the next guy. Like, if like as a taco guy, as a being in the business, mm-hmm. if I see that my comp- competition is doing good, this is the way I look at it. It's not my turn. Let them enjoy their moment. They're, they're getting all the people. They're being popular. They're making bank. It's their turn. Mm-hmm. Let them shine. Once it's my turn, my door's going to open, and that's when I need to work hard to outshine everybody else. But and also celebrate that moment as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a and that's a big thing I think also for the Mexican, um, you know, uh, culture is just being embraced and being able to be, you know, celebrate the wins, you know. Mm-hmm. And rather than hold on to those losses, you know what I mean. I think, Correct. I think for a long time, we, you know, for the Mexican culture, we just held on to those losses too much, mm-hmm. and now we have to start celebrating those wins and bringing, like you said, bringing people along with you to to show them that these are open doors that we could definitely uh, gate through. You know, I mean, definitely. there's there's a lot that we could do together that we uh, can't do alone. You know, for sure. For sure, because we're such a tight-knit community that if you hear me talk bad about the next vendor, you're going to take that and tell your friends. Oh, La Imperialta is a bunch of haters looking mm-hmm. up. Then your friends are going to see me in a negative light, you know? So it's, it, uh, we, we Mexicans have a lot of friends, so a lot of friends will support you, and they'll stay away from other vendors because they support you. Mm-hmm. But. I would rather have my friends support me and support somebody else. Don't support me just because I'm your buddy. Go open it up. Help them too because you know right. what? Push me to be better. Push me to be better. Tell me, hey, that's algo, homie. Like something's missing here, or right. tell me the truth. Or, there, or there's something that they're that they have mm-hmm. that maybe you're missing. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I like I like that, that mindset, dude. I mean, yeah, just keep it positive. Don't don't hate on nobody. Support support. If you really like something, support it. Because I've seen a lot of businesses go out of business because they didn't get the support. Mm-hmm. Because people use small uh, uh, issues to stay away. Oh, he's too far away, or or he wasn't open long enough, or th- you know. So that business goes away, right. and then you complain because they closed. Oh, or, why did they close? Why did so and so close? You know, they right. had such a great product. Well, you didn't support them like you were supposed mm-hmm. to. So if you love a place, support it. You don't necessarily have to go all the time, and if you don't support it financially. You can also support it other ways. Share their page on social media. Um, it, uh, you know, recommend them to your friends or put it out there just for other people to see. If you don't have, if you don't have the ten bucks to spend at a spot, you don't need to go spend it. But 
share it with your friends so they can go spend their money there. Right. You know, and that's well. There's other avenues mm-hmm. to support a business, not necessarily just by financially supporting them. So definitely, definitely. Um, while we're you know closing now, while we're talking about Fresno, I just want to ask you what are what are some of your guys' favorite places to go eat as a family? Like if you guys were gonna go eat together, uh, what are some of the places that you guys like to go eat? Oh, well, some of the favorite places, uh, well, when we were growing up, uh, Arico's was a, was a spot, mm-hmm. you know, that two for one, that, that was, that was a spot. Wh- which spot, there. which one though? I went on Hazelwood and, uh, Ventura. Okay. You know, the one Hazelwood and Ventura, yeah. that one's big, because it was, a, we had a tradition, we had this thing where we lived in Huron, so we would come to Fresno, it was church, uh, uh, then it would be like either a buffet, like Ole Frijole, I don't know if you've been there I, I've, I've been there before. So it was Ole Frijole or Arico's. And then it would be grocery shopping, and then back to the house. That was that was like every <laughs> Sunday. Trip. It was every Sunday. But I mean, a shout out to Olive Frijoles. That was a spot. It's a kid's spot. I don't know if people will like it or not. But if you don't, oh well. It was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arico's was also one of the thing, one of the staples in my life when I was growing up. And as an adult, I mean, I've learned to love, of course, downtown La Legante. I uh, go there from time to time. Castillos. Oh, Castillos, yeah. Ventura. Fire. Good, good place to eat. I, I, I like that place. And, and of course, uh, I didn't know nothing about no rare steaks and stuff like that, medium <laughs> rare steaks when I was growing up because my dad always said, you had to eat well done or else it would be you would get sick, right? right? That was my mentality. Worms. <laughs> yeah. I met my fiance. My fiance opened up my eyes to uh, to uh, medium rare steak, Iroya, heirloom, Man, stuff oh, like heirloom that. Heirloom is yeah. delicious. Those places in Fresno, they're, 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 they're really, really good. Um, the other places I haven't tried yet, uh, but, you know, we're always open for, uh, I like to go to Kittlins in okay. Selma. That's a good place, too. Have you, been to, have you been to Chef Paul's? Uh, once, once. What what was your thoughts about that? Uh, my thoughts is I need to order more and more stuff on the menu because yeah, that what was I had, me too. what I had was, um, was average, you know. So I was trying to see what the hype was about, and I'm not being a hater. This is just no, my own yeah, personal thoughts, definitely. you know. It's not. I'm not hating on Chef Paul. I mean, I've heard that he has celebrities show up. It's amazing. I, I like their food. You know, yeah. I think it's amazing and. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, it took me about three different times to go there. That I was like, man, I I, I got to get the oxtail. See, you know, so it's one of those things where <laughs> I personally haven't opened up uh, the big menu. I haven't I haven't seen the menu to mm-hmm. the point where I'm like, oh, this is my favorite item because everywhere like heirlooms. Uh, I used to go to that place and everything was like, oh no, I'm, it's a hit or miss, hit or miss with everything. And then I, one day I finally tried the the boneless uh, fried chicken. Over some garlic noodles, yes. and I'm like, oh, that hit the spot. So every time we go, that's my go-to dish, and I like going there. I just hate waiting there. I hate yeah. waiting there. Hey, but even if you wait, yeah, I, even if you yeah. wait, it's still pretty cool yeah, no, it for is. the it amount is. of people they got. Yeah, so, that's very true. Uh, Heirlooms does their thing, and they're busy, and they got these spices back there working hard, bro. I see that. I'm like, man, I'm coming back and picking these guys up when I open up a restaurant. Man. These guys work hard. So, so let me let me ask you this. Um, uh, what about... Going out, do you guys like to go out to any uh, breweries or any any places you like, like to take out the family or? Well, as a family, we're not big drinkers. We're not a, we're not like a, we don't we don't we're not the traditional Mexican family that gets okay. drunk every party. You know, we uh, uh, maybe one or two family members might like to drink, but uh, not everybody. But uh, as a as a thing, like I said, those are the the places that I mentioned. Those are the places that we used to do. We used to go out when we were little, mm-hmm. and uh, they still we still a place we go. Ole Frijole, uh, you know, Castillos. Uh, 
uh, stuff like that. We don't go to our Ricos as much as we used to, um, just because, uh, you know, uh, we've, uh, we've, we, we're just around tacos all the time, so it's not like I want tacos <laughs> every time that we go out now. Uh, and then the do, the times that we do have tacos is when we're just, you know, trying different spots out here and there. And mm-hmm. just checking out what the competition is selling and if it's up to par or if it's up to my taste buds or something's really banging out there. Then I just want like, well, I wonder what they got, you know. What, 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 what is out there that you've tasted that has been banging right now that should be talked about? Uh, man, you know, uh, there's a lot of vendors out there that sell themselves short. Um, I know me and my fiance like to go to this little taco, it's a little white taco trailer. Small. It's called Josefina's. I know there's two Josefina's that I know here in Fresno, but they're different. They're Mm. not the same company. Even though the other Josefina's, same thing. They sell good meat. They sell good flavor. Um, the Josefina, I'm talking about Josefina's on McKinley and, um, Palm. They're in a dirt lot. There's a dirt lot, and it's uh, the, the trailer just sits there, and you just drive up, park on the dirt lot, and you order food. I mean, uh, their asada is really good, mm. really good. So me and my fiance like to go out there and, and, and just order five, ten tacos <laughs> at a time and, you know, and order from there. That's a good spot. Josefina's, like I said, it's, she's on – I know she moved. I think she should be in the same spot, but it's on Fresno Street and Olive? Yeah, no. Olive or Belmont, one of those two. I'm, I, I get my streets confused a little bit, but she's right down the street, not too long, not too far away from our commissary. Okay. So that's a good spot too, and everybody has their favorites, man. You can tell me like, oh, people can if you had like a radio show where they would call you, and people would be like, oh, that sucks. You know, right. Just try this spot. You know, everybody has their their opinions, but I personally like those little taco trucks because they're off the map, they're off the grid, and they right. don't have a social media. They're not out there. To, to um, promote taco, taco super pollo too like one time we tried them it was banging I'm like man these are good but the next time we went it was off a little bit I'm like oh come on you guys need to keep consistencies yeah. with the, what you need you know um, but yeah they're still good and it's just one of those things where you know I gotta still try other places but uh, you know um, another one was uh, there's one thing that I noticed a lot of the people in Fresno use soy sauce to season their meat and when I taste that it just throws me off <laughs> and I don't like it so a lot of vendors do out there so right. if you're a vendor and you soy sauce stop doing that brother <laughs> stop doing that I know they use it to tenderize your meat but don't do that there's powder for that kind of stuff so you don't have to do soy sauce because it leaves you that aftertaste that soy sauce aftertaste right but people like it so if people like it then then don't change your, your mint don't yeah, change, don't change your, your, don't your, no, don't, your don't, palate don't, don't do it don't do it but I'm just it's my personal opinion but hey like uh, for di- there's different stroke for different folks out here, man. So you know, Fresno's a, a it might be a small, but it's also a big city, and uh, there's vendors everywhere right now. Everywhere. Oh, you know what? There's another one too. Uh, I think they're on Clovis Avenue and Fifth Street. It's a little red uh, food truck, and it's in front of that. Sh- I think it's a Valero or Shell gas station. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Clovis yeah. No. Right by. Okay. There's a, a Panadilla right there. Well, they're they're in the parking lot of the gas station. They're okay. across. There's a bar, a bar, and an, I don't know, but it's, it's Clovis and Fifth, and they're in the the gas station right in the corner. So the red. It's train. a little gas station, right? Uh, well, they're right in the corner, uh, right behind there. It should be like a school, and then right behind there, there's a Clovis uh, Veterans uh, Hall. Okay. Uh, but if Clovis and Fifth. Um, don't, don't, uh, I'm not gonna be able to describe the area. I know that there's 
three businesses, but then in the corner there's a gas station on the south southeast corner. Chevron gas station is that the? One? I don't know if it's okay. a Chevron. No, it's not I, a Chevron. Okay. It has to be either a Shell or a Valero, I think. I'm, but I'm a but if you one if you drive down Clovis and you hit Fifth Street, right in the corner, you see the gas station. There's a little red uh, taco truck. I forgot the name of it, but they sell some pretty good. I saw the tacos. Mm. The pastor is pretty good too. So um, yeah, there's other places. I mean, I know there's other vendors out there. Big shout out to Mega Texas. His barbecue is banging. Man, I love yeah. that place too. Anthony, he does his he does his thing. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, but man, there's so many vendors out there that I could give a shout out to. Uh, it's just sometimes they don't they don't hit your they don't cross my mind right now. But I mean, there's people out there that do their thing. Have you ever thought about maybe doing a collaboration? Um, cook like maybe you and another taco truck, or you and another truck coming together, making something. Well, no, when it comes to collaborations, I think it's a very uh, um, iffy thing, especially if you sell the same thing. Um, because they might do something different or they might charge something. They might charge cheaper or they might charge more money and then they mm-hmm. hate on your prices or you hate on their prices. So um, collaboration, it hasn't come across our, our, you know, us yet. Nobody's uh, offered anything and we haven't even really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I know Premio Mayor used to do a collaboration with Mega Texas. He would do the brisket mm-hmm. and then they would sell the tacos and that was a great thing. But personally with us nobody nothing has come across and so it's not like uh, i'm not against it right but if it does come across i'm all for it it's just one of those things where it's just it needs to happen it's, it needs to it's, it's, it needs to be presented to you in a way where you, you're willing to go for it but if it's another taco truck another taco truck the only thing that i've ever thought about is to me the more the merrier right you put three taco trucks in a location it's going to attract more people than one taco one. truck yeah so i mean i know we've had a People approach us uh, with, uh, oh, I want to sell this at your spot. Well, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I charge you a certain amount per month, and you pay your rent, and you come and sell. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, keep looking until mm-hmm. you find that spot that works for you. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, o- I'm always, we're always for any collaboration. We're always for any unity with food trucks or restaurants or whatever. Whatever works for us. If it works for us, we're down. If it doesn't work for us, then... We don't hate on it. We just kind of steer clear from it. So you'll you'll never see us hating on nobody. And we are very positive people. And we'll always be willing to do whatever as long as it works with us too. So we're not going to bend over backwards for somebody else. But we will definitely consider it. And if it works for us, we're out there. Now, do you guys do any um, charity work or any, um, uh, what would I say? Um, I think I know where you go with this. And charity... um, those are tough. Those are tough because you don't know what the final, what the motive is at the end of the day. Right. One time, we we didn't feel too comfortable one time. The la- we did a charity work. Um, supposed to be a fundraiser. And uh, I told the customer, just pay for the meat and we will go ahead and provide everything else. The drinks, the tortillas, the dressings, the sauces, everything. Just pay for the meat. I'm not going to charge you no profit. They did. But <clears throat> what they ended up doing was they were just feeding themselves. Mm. Feeding themselves, not selling anything, feeding the band, feeding all the people that attended for free. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait a minute. This does not feel like a fundraiser. This feels like we just came and catered for them. Right. And it doesn't feel like it helped out anybody. They just threw a big party for themselves and that was it. 
It's got to be tough. So it's tough. So it's it, it, it kind of kills it for other people right. that maybe do have in good intentions, but it just kind of kills it for other people. And it's not, I'm not saying that we will never do it, but I think I need to do my homework a little bit better next time when somebody's asking for, hey, can you come and sell? Like, what we're down for, like, for example, if a school system calls us and we're available on a certain day, we're like, hey, we're going to have a carnival. Can you donate 10% of your, of your, of your uh, proceeds? For the program, right? Oh yeah, we're definitely we'll do 15 percent. That's not a problem, <laughs> you know, because at the same time we also work hard and we put in our work, so we need to make something out of it. But we understand and we'll give you whatever you're a asking. Percentage, yeah, a percentage, and and th- that'll work. That's fine. It's just when it comes to other situations, iffy programs or iffy uh, uh, companies or organizations, then it just kind of puts uh, a bad taste in our mouth because of what we experienced. Right. So now it's more like, oh, I don't know if I want to participate all too much when it comes to that definitely if you're a legit organization that deals with kids we're all for it but if it's something else for other reasons i don't know it's a tough you know, it's, it's a, a tough, tough uh, yeah so we kind of try to stay away from it but we never shy away from it either like if you call us then we'll think about it we'll see what we can do for mm-hmm. you but we, we we were we're more than happy to participate in events as long as it works with our schedule um, and we're more than happy to donate if it's a good cause. So, yes, if anybody's out there listening and they want to uh, uh, run something by us, feel more than welcome to call us or contact us, whatever, and we'll see what we can do. And another another uh, question I have, just, you know, I, I wanted to ask earlier, just how do you guys price point your guys' tacos? How, how, how does the price point, how do you choose? Because, you know, the the price on beef and things are going up right now, especially for consumers like us that go to the grocery store. You see the 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 um, inflation of the price of meat. How do you, how do you guys price point your guys' um, food? Well, the industry is gonna price price it for you. I mean, I know there's there's companies that are go way above beyond the, the average price point, and there's other companies that go way below the average price point. But we try to stick with the average across the board. Um, I mean, right now you go any any spot, and any spot's gonna easily sell you a taco between what, like a buck seventy five, all the way up to two seventy five, maybe in three bucks. Mm-hmm. You do a specialty taco, they go a little bit higher. Five, yeah. uh, you know, three, four, five bucks. So we try to stay on the average, um, but at the same time, I understand. Yeah, the the price of meat varies, and uh, everybody does something different, and it's like anything in every industry. There's ways to cut corners. And I notice it. I see it every day. You know, um, you can sell uh, cheaper meat. Try to season it as best way you can and sell it to the customer. And that saves you a couple of bucks. Uh, on our end, we specifically use, uh, you know, the chuck, the dice chuck, because it gives you juicy slash tenderness at the same time. Um, and we try to use that as much as we can to for everything that we sell. So that, but that also cuts into your profit. Mm-hmm. So it just depends as a as a business. Do you want to sell quality or do you want to sell, you know, quantity? quantity. So it's just those it was decisions that everybody as a food business and the food industry needs to, you know, mm-hmm. to take. Do you want to sell a cheaper meat with the same seasoning or a better quality meat with the same seasoning? You right. I understand, and yeah, it, it does. It does cut into your into your profits, but that's why we count on the the catering and the more business hopefully we can bank on the fact that we're going to have more business on the rear end right once people know what we sell and what, what kind of food we sell and the flavor so yeah it's 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 uh if if you were to get into that it's a whole different world also right all right different world yeah 
So while we're rounding down to, uh, is there anything that you want to say to uh, the listeners? Well, I guess uh, at the end of the day, it's all love. It's all love from here to wherever, Timbuktu. You know, it doesn't matter where you go. We got to love each other uh, and then respect each other and uh, keep all your negative thoughts to yourself. If it's, if it's constructive, say it. But if it's just to tear somebody down, keep it to yourself. Because I think we live in a society where uh, social media takes a big part of uh, our life. And a lot of people are living their life based on how social media portrays what life is supposed to be. So I think at the end of the day, uh, let's love each other. Let's show love. Let's show respect. Because it's so easy to get on the keyboard and the internet and just say random hateful stuff. And that's just going to tear somebody down. It might not tear you down. It might build you up. You might feel bigger, like the bigger person because, oh, I said something to this person. They're never going to know where I live. you know. So keep all your negative thoughts to yourself, your comments to yourself. And uh, just uh, let's, let's love because nowadays these kids are just growing up with... Uh, just a different a different mentality a different social environment so let's love each other let's uh give each other some positive reinforcement and move forward and and just uh just open up your 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 mind and your ears to whole new ideas and and thoughts and and uh, perspectives because at the end of the day that's what makes your life a little bit richer yeah you know just keep keep it uh keep it simple and just uh, take it, take it in one day at a time. Cause mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you plan ahead, sometimes your plans don't come out as uh, as you hoped, and it just tears you down, and your expectations just fall. So uh, just love each other and uh, protect each other, and then just keep it, keep it all positive. That's all I gotta say. And, and one more time, let them know where they can find you. Uh, let them know um, where they can find the truck, and oh, and uh, talk about the maybe. Even the taquiza, how how they could get a hold of you to? Oh yeah, yeah. If anybody's out there interested in a taquiza, you're more than welcome to reach out to us. Uh, my phone number is five five nine three one six nine seven three seven. We're La Imperial Taqueria here in Fresno, California. Don't get it twisted. We're all the only one here in Fresno. There's other ones uh, outside, uh, like in the Wasco Baker, Bakersfield area. They have nothing to do with us. Get a lot of phone calls. And I guess there's something going on in um, Easton or something. They opened up to use our same name, and I get phone calls from there all the time. And I was like, nope. We're not them. Um, we're the original here in Fresno. La Imperial Taqueria, 559-316-9737. Hit us up for any taquisas, private catering. We'll take care of it all. Uh, and then if you want to come check us out at the food truck, we are located at 4677 East Kings Canyon Road in Fresno. Uh, again, that's 4677 East Kings Canyon Road. Uh, we're technically on Kings Canyon Road between Maple and Chestnut on the north side of the street. Uh, the other cross street is Sunnyside. So if you guys are familiar with Kings Canyon, there's a, there's an auto zone across the street. We're right across the street from there. Uh, and then we're there Tuesday through Friday from 5 to 9 during the winter and 6 to 10 during the summer. If you don't catch us there, check us uh, check out our social media pages. That's where we would update any uh, days that were closed or we're doing private catering. Or if you want to just get further information, uh, you can check us out there. La Imperial Taqueria in Fresno here on uh, Facebook. And then LA underscore Imperial underscore Taqueria on Instagram. Check us out on Snapchat. We're there too. So uh, like I said, it's very easy. Hit us up. We tend to respond right away. And um, you know, hope to hear from you guys soon. Man. 
Man, I want to thank you for your time today, man. Thanks for, you know, showing love to the podcast. I want to just tell all the listeners, make sure you guys go support La Imperio. I mean, they've been they've been doing it for a long time now. They've been having the flavor. They've been having everybody. I, I mean, every time I go out there, I, I think I see at least 10 people waiting for food. And that means that you guys are doing it right, man. You guys are you thank guys you. are doing thank you guys you. are doing your thing. And I want to continue to support you guys and want to continue to just show you guys some grace because you you know the food the food truck scene here in Fresno is just getting better and better. And now knowing that we got you here in, in, in the Fresno and in the Valley, it means a lot to not only me, that one that goes to the taqueria, but for the people that are also looking for a good taquiza or, or, or a good catering. And I just want to just thank you again. And I have I have a couple of hats for you. I appreciate and, and, uh, it. Thank you. I don't, I don't know who else you, you could give the hat to, but... Uh, <laughs> no, and, and, and you're doing a great job, man. Blaze Podcast, man. Just I like what you're doing. Put it out there. Fresno. You know, keep putting people, people from Fresno on the map here, put them out there, ideas, thoughts. You know, there's a bunch of people out there that, that deserve to have a platform to say something, and some people are worth it. Yeah, so just keep doing what you're doing, man. It's a great place. Uh, this is the first podcast we've ever been invited to, so appreciate the, the invitation, and uh, best of luck to you, man. Well, hopefully we could do a on-site next time. I'll go to the top to the to the truck we'll try some tacos out maybe uh get you on there again and talk about some more what you guys got going on hey man whenever you feel like it whenever you feel like you want to come and bless us with your presence you're more than welcome to man and uh we'll we'll be we'll take care of you well i want to thank la imperial Taqueria for coming uh blaze to the blaze talks and make sure you guys check them out on facebook instagram or anywhere you guys uh, get your social media uh, platforms definitely man definitely thank you Thank you.